Greetings, greetings. It's an honor to be with you today. And today I'm here beginning a new series. I'm excited about this series. Um, it came forth in an instant, if I can be real with you. And um, I'm excited about it. And I believe that this series is going to cause us to have an appreciation for the Church of God and what God has put in his body. And the title of this series that we're about to begin is entitled, The Work of the Ecclesia. So I hope that when it's all said and done, that we have an appreciation for the different offices in the, in the Ecclesia of God. And we understand how they should function according to the word of God, not according to me, but we're going to be doing this according to God's word. So it's going to be short and sweet. All right. Today, we're going to begin with uh, what I believe we all recognize or what is recognized as the one of the leaders in God's Ecclesia, and that is the pastor. So we're entitling this this segment pastor the under shepherd okay so that's the title we're going to run with that pastor the under shepherd okay um i'm reading first and foremost from the book of jeremiah chapter 3 verses 14 to 15 and it says this turn O backsliding children says the lord for i am married unto you and I will take you one of a city and two of a family. And I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. The reading of God's word is already blessed. So according to what we read just now in Jeremiah chapter 3, Israel was in a backslidden state. And if you remember, I believe that this is um, this can coincide with their captivity to Babylon. And you know that that originally happened because of Israel's uh, disobedience and not keeping the Sabbaths of God. And God said that the Sabbaths are going to be kept. But the difference is you're not going to be here. You're going to be in Babylon. Seventy Sabbaths was the toll to be paid now i believe that in the midst of all of that god had a plan because he is a god that is not stuck in the present or stuck in the past he's a god of past present and future so when we understand that our god is all-encompassing he exists out of time we are limited by time but our god is the creator of time he lives in eternity, as we heard. So he is a God that is unlimited. So with that understanding, allowing Israel to be captive was all a part of the plan. And, it, and I believe that the next level of the plan is being revealed here in Jeremiah 3. Now, he says, after acknowledging their backsliding, I'm still referring to Jeremiah 3, 14 and 15. He says, he wanted Israel to know that, look, I'm married to you. In other words, although you have been playing the harlot on me, Israel, I am not going to divorce you. I haven't divorced you. 
you're still mine. You're still my wife. You still belong to me. Okay? So, he says, I'm going to take you, one of the city, one of the family, and I'm going to bring you into Zion. And here is the kicker. Here's where our topic lies. He says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which I'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, at the time, we know that the pastors... Um, I guess it was a, you can say it was a dual role fulfilled by the king and the priest of God. And we know that there are two different jobs. The priest, of course, is the one that hears from God and he relates that message um, to the king. Now, that was a typology of what I believe God wanted, because remember now when Israel was redeemed from Egypt, Moses was that priest. The priesthood was of his lineage, the Levites to Aaron. So, you know, and then kings came along because Israel decided they wanted a king. So we have to understand first and foremost that God always wanted there to be that priest, that 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 connection. That priest was the one that was the bridge between God and his people, his mouth, mouthpiece, so to speak. So in this era the king exists and the priest exists and god is saying look here i'm going to give you pastors according to my heart in other words in the past you've chosen kings according to your heart and we see where that got you and and god is never going to stiff arm us or make us do what he wants us to do generally god allows us to do what we want it's you know we're free moral agents we get to choose but now god is saying look i'm gonna be doing the choosing i'm gonna give you pastors according to my heart which are gonna feed you with knowledge and understanding and this is important because we 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 understand that in order to please god right we've got to understand what he requires and that's where his commandments come in that's where the, the the word of god comes in the word of god is that knowledge when we know then we can apply that knowledge okay i believe with knowing comes understanding you know and that wisdom to apply what we know and you know, God is faithful. He, If we ask him for wisdom, he is not going to rouse us or scold us, but he's going to give it unto us liberally. So God desires for us to know what he requires. Okay? We can't please God. Uh, you know, um, any man that comes after God must be a worshiper of God. They have to desire, and it's in the context of what he desires and i'm going to interweave another story before we go a little deeper remember when jesus encountered the woman at the well one of the key things that he mentioned to her with her understanding of jacob being her father even though she was a samaritan her belief was that worship was to be done in the mountain in samaria and jesus being a jew his lineage believed that worship should be done uh, at the temple in Jerusalem. So, Jesus brings a fundamental revelation that even translates to us today. 
that God is not concerned in any particular place, but he's interested in a posture. And here's the posture. He says, the time is, and now is, that the Father seeketh to worship us. And here's the criteria. Worshipers that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus gave the criteria of what God requires. Because it's impossible to please God if we don't know what he requires. And the only way to, to understand what God requires is to seek him. So with that knowledge, we're able to apply that. Okay, but I want to go further into Jeremiah chapter 23. We're still talking about Israel and his captivity and how pastors and 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 before we jump into 23, 1 to 4 and verse 6, you may ask, how does that translate us today? We see the relation with, with kings and priests in that time being the pastors of Israel. How does it translate to modern day with the pastors that we have here in the Ecclesia? Well, the mandate hasn't changed. The pastor has a fundamental responsibility to teach the flock of God with the same criteria. Okay, God's demand hasn't changed. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. This knowledge is going to cause us, as we learn it from the pastors of God after his own heart, to worship God the way he requires us. And, uh, and worship is such a general statement. There are so many things that encompass what we're talking about today, how to live for God how to serve him, how to serve others. All of this is under the umbrella of worshiping God. But for the sake of time, I will condense it and say that when our pastors instruct us according to the word of God, it should be according to the knowledge that is contained in the word of God that is going to give us an understanding of what God requires for us and our lives. So it isn't about any pastor. That pastor is just the conduit the mouthpiece that God is using for that moment to get the message to us. So we thank God for the pastors that are after his heart and feeling, feeding us with his instructions. But let's go to Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 to 4, verse 6. Listen to what it says. It says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, says the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries to which I have driven them and will bring them again to their flood, fold, sorry, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, says the Lord, in his days shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called. The Lord Jehovah, our righteousness. Now, a lot is contained in there, but I want to intertwine two worlds, the world of the past or the world of the time of Jeremiah and our present world. The amazing thing is, if you look at what is being said here, in this portion, God is scolding the pastors that have not 
led his people to him. Okay, one of the words he describes them as, or one of the phrases says, I will visit upon the evil of your doings, says the Lord. He said, one of the things that, that stood out to me, he says, against the pastors that did not feed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them, driven them away, sorry, and have not visited them. And I can stop right there and we can close shop. Now, why is this so important? In the time of Jeremiah, obviously, this was something that God noticed or was scolding his pastors for because of their lack of care for the flock. And God was on them about it because he was adamant about the pastors being the nurturer that under shepherd that has the responsibility of caring for the flock of God. God's mandate hasn't changed. And, and the reason why this is important to me now is we're post-COVID pretty much. Um, I think it's safe to say we're post-COVID. And one of the things that I've heard from many churchgoers, many believers in the Lord Jesus was the lack of the presence of their pastor. And as a result, I believe Many churches would tell you that their church is probably at half capacity or less. And I'm not talking about any special service now. You know, people like no stuff. So when we're doing a special service, expect for the place to be filled. I'm talking about on a regular basis. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that go into special service. You know, you've got people that visit and preach who brings its people because of the support and all that thing. But I'm talking about on a regular church attendance basis. There are churches. I heard a pastor. I was in the church with a I visited a pastor, uh, brother of mine, the other day, and I saw what he was dealing with. And he was like, "Man, this is what this is the new church," because I believe as a result of COVID, what happened was a lot of parishioners saw the heart and the intent of their pastor. Now I know. COVID was a terrible thing that the, that God allowed because God is sovereign. But I believe it allowed us to see the hearts and, and the intent of many pastors. Because look here, at this point, some of us ain't working. That offering and that tithe ain't coming in like, it, like, they, like they wanted to. So now you are the one that's in need. And the microscope should be on you you should be the focus because you are the flock of god but what we found out happening was basically what god was scolding uh the pastors of jeremiah's time for nobody was checking for the flock they weren't be they weren't being fed they won't be visited and things of that nature now i thank god during that time i was well taken care of um by my pastor at the time and um, I saw his work and his toil. And I can say, I can speak for him and say, he didn't, for what I saw, take the route of exploitation. As I believe that was a time when a lot of people were being exploited. And I believe they were being paraded around as a show of, well, I'm giving you this. So let me show the world what I'm doing for you. And that type of thing, which I am totally against because I believe it's, foreign to the word of God. But what I'm saying is, that's just my pastor. What about the other pastors? Because he doesn't speak for everybody. 
there are a lot of people that I know of that are angry with pastors because they did not step up to the plate. And I, I can only tell you from what I experienced. I thank God for the NGOs or whatever those are, words are. Those people came in and they, and they gave till they couldn't give no more. So a lot of the onus was not on the church and the pastor to provide. They, just, they were just distribution tunnels that the NGOs used to get the stuff through. But I can tell you from, from firsthand testimonies that I've heard from many, there are many pastors that use that opportunity as a means to come up. And I, I'm, I'm only mentioning it to show you the heart of some. Now, they will have to give an accounting to God because that never came to the people. But what I'm saying, even if the NGOs didn't come through, and many may say this is a bit harsh, minister, but even if the NGOs didn't show up, ladies and gentlemen, you've been paying tithes for 30 years. And if your pastor or your church, wherever you go, is a steward, and we're putting this on the pastor today because he is the one that's in charge, right? If they are a good steward of what God has provided them through you, they can now be able to sow into your life. This was their opportunity. I believe that COVID, that the hurricane, this was an opportunity for pastors to step up and show and show their worth for the glory of God. Because when they do that, God gets the glory. When they don't, the church gets the blow and God don't get the glory. Because we are his hands and feet and everything in between. So, God is whipping the pastors in Jeremiah's day. And I believe that this indictment comes to us today. All right. And listen to what he says. He says, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries to which I have driven them. And I will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them. Pardon me. And shall fear no more. And they shall fear no more, rather, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking. Oh, I wonder if you would hear the word of the Lord today. Because you have to understand that this was a time. I know me personally, I thank God that we were eventually considered uh, essential workers. So we had to go into work. But regardless of that, the Lord still provide. You know, he allowed the job to still pay us. So God was good. God is good. But there were people that weren't working. and But they've been paying tithes and offering from King Hatchet was a ham. Or I'm just, you know, I'm being real here. And now it's the opportunity when they're lacking. And you may say, oh, they weren't good stewards. So they're... none of that is our business. At the end of the day, they were lacking and they were in need. And they needed the institution that they sowed, let's use the word we use, sowed into all of their lives to step up and they didn't step up. I was just listening to the sister the other day talking about how now when they do door knocking, people are, they're ready to bash them because now you want to come knock at my door and hand out tracks. But what, during the time when I needed you, I couldn't see you, but now you need me. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, we're still talking about the pastor because the pastor is the under-shepherd, as I outlined earlier. 
And we've got to understand that there is a mandate. According to what we just read, pastors are designed to build people. From what I from what I understand, <coughs> pardon me, from the indictment that God is leveling here, pastors are designed to build people and not buildings. I have a I have a statement. It's a kind of a mantra that I use these days. Peoples are not steeples. We're designed, the church of God is designed to build people and not steeples. And I believe that everywhere we look, there's a building going up. But I'm telling you, with the trajectory that we're on, if we don't get right in alignment with God, a lot of these buildings won't be at half capacity. Because people aren't stupid, man. They, they know they know what a true thing. We can't, we can't, I mean, thank God, there are a lot of great preachers out there, but how far do we think our preaching and our emotion and our emotionalism is going to get us? We've got people that have real needs. Look at the ministry of our Lord Jesus. He didn't just give them word, he gave them tangible food that they could taste, man. So the ministry has to be well-rounded, and if we're not prepared for this burden, we shouldn't even open up a church. We shouldn't even hold a church because there's some real needs out there. Jesus said it to the, when Judas made the comment, oh, she could have sold that ointment and gave it to the poor. Jesus, look here, brother, the poor you're going to have with you always. In other words, this is a ministry that is going to always exist and the church has to fill that void. We're responsible to build people and not buildings. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 10. We're still in Jeremiah. And verse 21, it says, For the pastors have become cruel and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. And I believe right there, even as Jeremiah prophesied by the Spirit of God, I believe that this is what we're dealing with even in this time. I'm not saying that this is the statement for every pastor, but for the majority for those that have not sought the Lord in particularly in particular sorry they this is their portion because God is going to direct his people to pastors that are going to take care of them you hear what I'm saying to you God is going to direct his people to pastors that are going to take care of them and this goes twofold because people of God if God is directing you to leave a particular fellowship because of mistreatment i know people right now even as i record this that are suffering mistreatment and they can go and i, and I was just talking to my wife about it that day and i think it's, it may be because they have no other place to go or they feel they don't have no other place to go or they don't want to leave behind those that they forge relationships with listen to me we've got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling we are responsible primarily for our own salvation and everybody else will work it out from there. But there's an indictment. There's an indictment that's gone out. And, and, and it's as a result of the, neg the negligent treatment of God's people. Because pastors that seek the Lord prosper, man. 
when we say God, we, he reveals his heart to us. I believe it. Even for the pastor, the under shepherd, God shows him how he wants his people and his flock to be cared for. And it becomes primarily about them and not about him or her being blessed and lifted up. Because it's about God being lifted up. So when pastors seek the Lord, they'll prosper. I guarantee you. Nobody's going to be able to stop them from prospering. Still in Jeremiah, and I'm using this to close. Jeremiah 12 verse 10 says, Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trampled my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness and the key word there is many i know this doesn't speak for everyone and for the pastors that are still holding on to the faith and taking care of the people that god has entrusted to you god bless you and keep you because we need more like you if people are going to become what god has destined them to become but for the many that are trampling god's portion understand that there's an indictment on you and God is watching. He's watching because we've got to understand that the church does not have to be a revolving door of people coming in and exiting. Exit, come. Now, as, as far as fellowships, gaining people and what we suppose is losing people because they have to move on to their destiny in God, I don't count that because your fellowship is just designed to be a conduit. In other words, people are going to serve today and tomorrow they got to serve someplace else. So we should understand that. You don't own God's things, man. Now I'm talking about generally as the church of God, the body, people coming and getting saved and they're leaving because of mismanagement and it exists. People are being hurt and abused. And this, and that's why we're doing this series, because people need to recognize what is of God and what is not. There's some people that are brainwashed and manipulated in believing that bad treatment is a part of the prospect process, but the devil is a liar. If we can call out rapists, if we can call out uh, murderers, or we can call out those that abuse, Why can't we call out those that we, ex that we hold in high esteem that are supposed to watch for our souls? So I want you to stay tuned. Because desolation awaits those that abuse God's portion. I, I want you to know that God is not mocked. That whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. If we abuse God's people, you're going to be desolate. Everything that your hands touch is going to be desolate, empty, wasted. So we, we've got to treat God's people like the treasure they are. So I want to encourage you, pastors. Don't believe the lie of the devil that it's about you. It's not about you. It's about the people of God. This is a ministry of servanthood. The very word pastor means minister. So I want to encourage you, those of you that aren't doing it, that aren't taking care of God's people, to take care of them. Those of you that are doing it, to continue because your work is unto the Lord and he will be glorified. So I want to encourage you, be strengthened and blessed because God is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Blessings on you.